Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And congratulations, you've reached Horizon Forbidden West Review Day. The long-delayed launch title for the PlayStation 5 is finally coming out this week. And as it turns out, the critics think it's a pretty darn good video game. You see here on Open Critic, an 89 top critic average, 94% of critics recommend... And yet this video isn't about why you should be excited for Horizon Forbidden West. It is instead a public service announcement. You should not buy Horizon Forbidden West. With one important disclaimer to that statement, you should not buy Horizon Forbidden West on your PlayStation 5 console. Now, in order to understand why that is, we have to take a blast into the past. In this case, September 2020 when PlayStation head Jim Ryan was giving an interview to the Washington Post while he tried to sell his PlayStation 5 console that would be releasing that fall and also assuage the fears of PlayStation fans that were looking at all of these titles that they were excited about being announced as also coming out on the PlayStation 4. Or as the Washington Post describes, while it wasn't mentioned in Sony's official announcement, developers of certain games later confirmed that PS5 exclusives like Horizon Forbidden West and Spider-Man Miles Morales aren't exclusive at all. They're both releasing PS4 versions. But no one should be disappointed, Ryan said. The PS5 versions of those games are built from the ground up to take advantage of the PS5 feature set, and we have an upgrade path for PS4 users to get the PS5 versions for free. Whatever you bought on the PS4, you're going to be able to upgrade it for free. No one should be concerned about any of this. That is until September of 2021, when on the PlayStation blog, they happily announced a February 18th, 2022 release date and that pre-orders for the game are available across the globe. Now, they didn't talk about pricing in this particular post, but they did mention the following. The Digital Deluxe Edition is exclusively available on PlayStation Store, and in it, you will receive both the PS4 and PS5 versions. Next up in the special edition, you can get a physical disc copy with a steel book. Then in the collector's edition, you'll get a digital copy of the game entitling you to both the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 versions. Well, very exciting. Or the regalia edition, also giving you digital versions of both the PS4 and PS5 copies. But digital deluxe sure sounds like it was a little bit more expensive than standard. So when we get to the note here at the bottom, a lot of players took notice. For players looking to have access to both the PS4 and PS5 versions of Horizon Forbidden West, please purchase the Digital Deluxe Collectors or Regalia Editions. Dual entitlement does not apply to the standard and special editions. Now, certainly someone in this blog post is acting entitled, but I'm not sure it's the customers interested in purchasing Horizon Forbidden West. In fact, hey, as I just mentioned, Washington Post interview with the chief says they will be free, the upgrade path will be free, and then when they announce pre-orders, they're anything but. And this was confirmed if you look at the fact that they provided along with this blog post. Can I upgrade my Horizon Forbidden West version to the PS5 version? To access both the PS4 and PS5 versions of Horizon Forbidden West, you need to purchase a Digital Deluxe Collector's or Regalia Edition. Dual entitlement does not apply to the standard and special editions. So yeah, doubling down, you do not get to upgrade. Or do you? As you might imagine, in September of 2021, even though it might feel like six years ago, only about six months ago, there was a bit of a furor about all of this, and that resulted in 
Sony winding back the clock. Washington Post comes up. Gene Park, author, says last week's surprise announcement that anyone who buys Horizon Forbidden West on the PlayStation 4 will not have a free upgrade path should they eventually get a PlayStation 5 received harsh criticism, which led to some sorely needed clarity. And I'll, of course, link this article, but we get that clarity in an update to this post that I was just reading. At the top of this post now sits the following. Thursday was to be a celebration of Horizon Forbidden West and the amazing team at Guerrilla working to deliver it on February 18th, 2022. However, it's abundantly clear that the offerings we confirmed in our pre-order kickoff missed the mark. Last year, we made a commitment to deliver free upgrades for our cross-gen launch titles, which included Horizon Forbidden West. While the pandemic's profound impact pushed Forbidden West out of the launch window we initially envisioned, we will stand by our offer. We talk about this a lot in virtual legality, right? But that is always, always, always a bad look when you're making corporate messaging in an apology kind of context. Don't act defensively here. Look, you know, while we've had to work pretty hard on this and we thought this was going to come out earlier, I guess we'll still stand by that promise we made in a national publication. Players who purchase Horizon Forbidden West on PlayStation 4 will be able to upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version for free. Yay! And a good time was had by all. They further announced that there'll be a $10 surcharge every other time they do this, including God of War and Gran Turismo 7. So get ready for that in another month, Gran Turismo fans. But a funny thing happened on the way to actually releasing Horizon Forbidden West, and that is the fact that Sony has moved to a $70 price point on the PlayStation 5 side of things, while maintaining a $60 price point on the PlayStation 4 side of things. So if you go and you look at Horizon Forbidden West right now, beautiful imagery, very highly rated, as I said, PS5 and PS4 together in a package you get for $70, right up top. This is the main marketing that they're doing, very exciting. But then things get a little weird. We scroll down, we go past a summary of the events some pictures of some underwater exploration, and then you see something weird. Horizon Forbidden West Standard Edition, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, PS4 version with a digital upgrade, as we just saw promised in the update that they did to their blog, $59.99. Why? That's $10 less. So Sony is in fact taking their $10 bounty that they originally tried to extract from people by putting a PS5, PS4 version at $70 while simultaneously selling a PS4, PS5 version for $60, $10 cheaper. Now, we're gonna get into the tweets that I made about this. A number of you seem confused about why I'm upset about all this. It's not the $10. If Sony wants to move up their price point on PlayStation 5 to $70, we can evaluate the value offering on hand in any given game and see whether $70 is worth it to me or to you or to anybody else. That's okay, they can set the price and we can determine whether that's okay. What's so weird about this is that these are virtually identical packages of a PS5 and PS4 version of Forbidden West. You're getting both for two different price points simultaneously and with one massively more marketed than the other. PlayStation 5, $70, top of this screen. Now, this didn't come up before in the PlayStation ecosystem because they hadn't done this with their other launch titles. Just pulling up Miles Morales here, you see a reference to the price. The standard edition of Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales will be available physically and digitally on the PS4 and the PS5, retailing for 50 bucks. They didn't start to bifurcate this pricing until a little bit later on. Horizon, remember, supposed to be a launch title or launch window title. 
And so they found themselves in a bit of a pickle. But it's a pickle that I find to be massively deceptive, right? I put out a tweet here. Folks leapt on me for my tweet on this a week ago, and they did. I actually got a lot of folks commenting about my hatred for Sony and PlayStation, but there is no defending this kind of business model from the Sony PlayStation folks. They appear to be deliberately confusing the price point in an effort to steal $10 from the uninformed. Duplicity and greed. And I mean this specifically. If you walk up to me and say, Rick, I want to play digital copy of Horizon Forbidden West on my PlayStation 5, what does that cost? I would have to tell you it costs $70 or I could also tell you it costs $60 because both are accurate. This over here gets you that digital PlayStation 5 experience for $10 less. And if that's what you want, paying $10 more doesn't make a ton of sense, but it gets even worse than from there, right? Not only is the fact that I used in this video just a few minutes ago still up, right? When we said, can I upgrade? And they said, basically, no, that is a fact that is live on the web right now. And if you want to kind of consider the deceptiveness of this business practice, consider your grandmother trying to figure out what to purchase here. And maybe she does a little research. She finds herself on this fact and it tells her, oh, you can't upgrade. Better make sure I get the $70 version because it's not going to be terribly clear if you're buying it physically one way or the other. And you wind up getting Sony, multinational corporation that they are, 10 extra dollars that they admitted in an apology statement they shouldn't be getting because they went out in an interview to the Washington Post and told people it would be free. So now you're looking at everything and you say, hey, okay, that fact is still up, that's deceptive, but it gets worse. As I say in this tweet, the PlayStation 4 version does not appear to be offered through the store on PlayStation 5 at all. If you are sitting on your PlayStation 5 and you go and try to purchase or pre-order, in this case, Horizon Forbidden West, you will see offered to you a standard edition of $70 and a digital deluxe edition of $80. Now, importantly, remember that the Digital Deluxe Edition was ostensibly going to be the only way that you could purchase both the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 version on your Sony PlayStation 5. So maybe Sony thinks they already gave you $10, but they are still presently selling this PlayStation 4 version for $60 and you can't get to it. I pulled up this screen because I found it ironic. You can search on your PlayStation 5 for games that are available on the PlayStation 4 because the PlayStation 5 is backward compatible. In fact, if we go to that infamous fact here, you can see that they actually talk about playing it on your PlayStation 5, just the PlayStation 4 version, right? Can I play my PlayStation 4 version on a PlayStation 5 console? Yes, you can play the PS4 version of Horizon Forbidden West on your PS5 console, which now leads us to Sony has released a piece of software that will get you what you want, a PlayStation 5 version, for a lesser price point, and they aren't making it available to you through technological means that are the most likely to be what people see to purchase this game that's gotten high reviews and that they want to get invested in. So Sony has made it as difficult as they likely possibly can for you to realize that you can get what you want in their PlayStation 5 ecosystem for $10 less. So before I dive into some of the legal analysis here, the public service announcement is do not purchase Horizon Forbidden West through your PlayStation 5 console and understand that there's a $60 version that will get you what you want to play on your PlayStation 5. You just have to go through the multiple extra steps to purchase it through one of these portals that we were looking at before, whether it's the web, whether it's the app, and you can see all of these options if you scroll down far enough and you look up effectively 
the PlayStation 4 edition, which also comes with the PlayStation 5 edition. So that's your public service announcement. That's why I wanted to make this video. I want everybody to understand and to know that this is happening. Now, in my opinion, this is a very shady business practice and it needs to be looked at in that fashion. This is, as I say in that tweet, a real evidence of duplicity on the part of Sony and PlayStation and greed. And people have come into my comments and said, greed is fine for a corporation. Greed is fine. Maybe you like the old Wall Street movie. Greed is good. That's, that's okay. You can be greedy, but I can call you out on it. This is actually taking advantage of whether or not someone is informed enough to know that you are making a substantially identical business proposition for a lesser price point going through different portals than are otherwise the most commonly made available to someone who might be looking to purchase this product. And when that happens, well, I turn my attention to the Federal Trade Commission and the act that gives them power, in which it is said, unfair methods of competition in or affecting commerce and unfair or, here's your watchword, deceptive acts or practices in or affecting commerce are hereby declared unlawful. That's legalese, but what's important to take away from this is if you do something deceptively, and we'll talk about the standards there, that's unlawful. The Federal Trade Commission can come after you. And I put out there that this is the kind of thing that Sony is doing right now that does sometimes wind up with you in front of a regulator answering questions about what it is that you were doing. So you offered the PlayStation 5 version for $60, but you only told people you were offering it to them for $70. How do you feel about that? Is that not $10 of damages? Sometimes millions of dollars if this game proves to be as popular uh, as we've otherwise seen PlayStation exclusive games be. They just announced that Horizon Zero Dawn sold 20 million copies. This is a lot of money we're potentially talking about effectively being earned by Sony through deceptive practices. Or are they? Now, if you've been in law school, you might be familiar with the concept of IRAC, I-R-A-C, and that is the way that they teach you to answer uh, finals or, or to otherwise look at legal questions. That's identify the issue and then figure out the rule, apply it to the facts presented, and then offer the conclusion either to your professor or the court or whatever else it might be. So we're going to do that right now. We just talked about the issue. The issue is that Sony has a $60 version of an identical product. They're making it very difficult for people to even realize that that exists and they're taking advantage of the uninformed through their PlayStation 5 ecosystem. That's the issue. Now, what's the rule? We've got that general rule from the Federal Trade Act and we see that it's essentially pretty vague as we talk about a lot in virtual legality. Unfortunately, a lot of things that regulators evaluate are pretty vague, but fortunately, they've put forth a kind of standards guide by how they're going to interpret what deception is. And we can see that this is pretty old. This has been around at the FTC for a long time. This is actually the letter that is still referenced on the FTC website, October 14th, 1983. And they say the following. Section five of the FTC Act declares unfair or deceptive acts or practices unlawful. We have reviewed the decided cases to synthesize the most important principles of general applicability. We've attempted to provide a concrete indication of the manner in which the commission will enforce its deception mandate. Great. Certain elements undergird all deception cases. First, there must be a representation, omission, or practice that is likely to mislead the consumer. Now you might think, hey, Sony isn't making a representation here. They're not making a promise. They're not going out there with anything. But omission is the word that's doing the work there. If you neglect to say something, that would be of interest to potential customers, then you can find yourself in trouble. Or as I've highlighted here, practices that have been found to be misleading or deceptive in specific cases include 
failure to disclose information. Now there, they reference it in respect of pyramid sales. That's not what we're accusing Sony of today. But in general, if you omit information that someone would find useful, that can potentially get you into trouble if the other conditions are met. What are those conditions? Second, we examine the practice from the perspective of a consumer acting reasonably in the circumstances, the reasonable person standard. And we'll get to why that's important in just a second. But effectively, what the FTC is saying here is that we don't have to assume that your consumers are absolutely imbecilic, that they can't realize what it is that you're saying and you can get in trouble for people misinterpreting what it is that you do. The final condition here that they say undergirds all deception cases is that the representation of mission or practice must be a material one. The basic question is whether the act or practice is likely to affect the consumer's conduct or decision with regard to a product or service. Now, that's the overall rule. And I think we can apply what we know about the issue and the facts presented to this rule to determine whether we think Sony is potentially running afoul of deceptive practices here. The issue is whether the actor practice is likely to mislead rather than whether it causes actual deception, including by omission. Some cases involve omission of material information, the disclosure of which is necessary to prevent the claim practice or sale from being misleading. Information may be omitted from written or oral representations or from the commercial transaction itself. And in some circumstances, the commission can presume that consumers are likely to reach false beliefs about the product or service because of an omission. And there may be a concern about the way a product or service is marketed, such as where inaccurate or incomplete information is provided. So this is the first standard, right? Is there an omission that could get them in trouble? And what you see here as the application of the Federal Trade Commission here is that, hey, if there's something that would otherwise affect a consumer's decision in the marketplace, that's probably something that is material, something that we are concerned about being omitted. And you have to ask yourself, if you're sitting there, and you say, okay, I'm going to purchase Horizon Forbidden West. It's going to be for $70. I'm excited about this. And you imagine that there's someone else that just comes into your room and says, actually, you can get this for $60. You say, I did not know that. Would that change what you would otherwise do? And this will be the third prong of this particular test as well, materiality in general. And I would argue that every single person told that, yes, you can get exactly what you want for $10 less than what you thought is going to change their purchasing procedure, is going to purchase the $60 version and not the $70 version. Cetris paribus, all other things being equal. And certainly Sony has tried to make it as unequal as possible, make it difficult, go through the app, which you might not have used, go through the web, which you might not have used. If you even know that the option exists, Second prong here, it has to be considered from the perspective of a reasonable consumer. An advertiser cannot be charged with liability with respect to every conceivable misconception, however outlandish, to which his representations might be subject among the foolish or the feeble-minded. So we have to use this reasonable person standard. But as would any trier of fact, the commission will evaluate the totality of the ad or the practice and ask questions such as, how clear is the representation? How conspicuous is any qualifying information? How important is the omitted information? And we find ourselves in the same analysis we just did. If I would fundamentally change what I'm about to do because I knew that information, it's important. And any reasonable person would say, hey, I can get that for $10 less than that's what I will do. And then we find ourselves in the third prong, a material misrepresentation of practice is one which is likely to affect a consumer's choice. If inaccurate or omitted information is material, injury is likely. Where the seller knew or should have known that an ordinary consumer would need omitted information to evaluate the product or service or that a claim is false, 
materiality will be presumed because the manufacturer intended the information or omission to have that effect. And there can be no question that identical product offerings, or let's go with substantially similar, because they could be toying with the licenses in a way that we can't see from outside, substantially similar products that get you to the same endpoint. I'm a player that wants to have a digital copy of Horizon Forbidden West that operates on my PlayStation 5 that uses all the PlayStation 5 bells and whistles. There is no question that that person would love to know that you can actually do exactly that as long as you go through their app or the web for 60 instead of $70. And the reason they are hiding it should be presumed to be because they'd like you to accidentally give them $10 more than you have to. So I look at this and I say, yeah, it's 10 bucks. Yeah, it's video games. No, the FTC isn't likely to move on this in any cognizable fashion. And yet, these are the kind of practices that make me the most upset. Sony didn't have to do this. Sony's footfault was with the interview that they gave to the Washington Post. This was the mistake and it cost them dearly and it should cost them dearly. You think that you're going to be able to charge for this. You don't. You wind up with an apologetic up at the top of the blog post that was supposed to be celebrating your game and you eat the consequences. It's no fair. It's no fun. Sorry, Sony. You struck out. You don't try to pull this BS, at least not on my watch. I'm going to make videos about this kind of thing each and every time I see it because you should not buy Horizon Forbidden West and the PlayStation 5. And to be honest, I wouldn't blame you if you felt a little bit of negativity towards Sony and PlayStation trying to pull this kind of crap on you. Understand, this version gets what you need if you want to play it on the PlayStation 5. This version gets what you need as well. It also puts 10 extra unwarranted dollars in Sony's pocket. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy conversations about the business and law of video games, pop culture, technology, and more, please consider supporting us. We can't do it without viewers and listeners like you. We've got a Patreon you can check out as linked to the video. We've got other ways to support us as well. Or if you'd just like to subscribe, ring bells, upvote, downvote, share it on Reddit, share it on Twitter, share this one everywhere because everybody should know they can save $10, which is not an insubstantial percentage of the price of a video game simply by going through this more onerous process that Sony would prefer you didn't know anything about. So please do share this one around. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.